2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. I am your host for today, Tim. Tom is uh, out for today. He will be back for the next one. And we are talking about confidence. And I am sharing my screen right now for those who are watching live on playback. I've got my Lakers confidence meter here pulled up. It's basically, we're looking at tier maker, but a, a list.com version where we're going to use words instead of pictures because it was hard for me to throw pictures together for all of this. What we are looking at today is how confident we are in 14 statements that between me and then you on Twitter and you on Discord suggested as key things the Lakers need to be doing. I'll say results that need to happen in order for the Lakers to have a season where they're competing for a title. They've got a good group together, they've got a good roster, but there are certain things that individual players need to do, there are certain things at a team level that we need to see happen for this group to truly be competing for a title. So let's just start from the the top, we'll get right into it. The first one on here that I'm going to go through is LeBron James recovering his three-point shooting, and we'll we'll specifically look at his three-point shot-making form, our our B-ball index metric, three-point shooting proficiency adjusted for difficulty. We want an A minus or better this season. He's coming off of an F year, but let's take a look at his three point shot making. Pull that up on the screen, sort by seasons. You know what? Let's look at season grades. That'll probably be a little bit more useful here. We're in our leaderboards tool on bballindex.com. Here are his grades A, A, F, A minus, A, B plus, A minus, A minus, A, F. Lots of A's in there. We've got B-plus grades in eight of the nine seasons prior to last year, a minus grade in seven of those nine seasons. So if I'm thinking about how confident I am in LeBron James' ability to get this skill back, I, I'm feeling pretty good. Last year, clearly a down year. Before that ankle injury, he was shooting better. I think he will do better with this. It was an outlier year. I expect more from him. And this is an important skill because this is something that impacts his ability As an iso player, you need to play up a little bit higher on him. You can't play for the drive as much. This is something that helps him as an off-ball player, as a spacer and in transition, which helps his teammates. We don't need to perhaps... I mean, the stampede cuts were great, but if he's able to have more gravity, that's great too. And so that's a factor. His offensive game in ball screens will be improved if he's able to have more gravity which I think he's always sort of, he's had it. It's not that teams are going under him all that much. Teams went under his ball screens 4.35% less than the average ball handler in ball screens last season. But he was less effective. Like, he was not all that effective when defenses went under his ball screens. So it was was a vulnerability, and we need that three-point shooting to be better, to be back. And that will be something that allows him to be a more effective player on ball, off ball. That's what the Lakers need. The Lakers need a superstar LeBron James, a top 10 player in the NBA, offensively, to be able to have a true title chance. So this is very important. But if I'm going to grade out how likely I think it is to happen, we're going to take our Bron three-point recovery thing here. I'm going to say high. Just because he's done it. He's done it so many years. So I think there's a really good chance that LeBron this season is able to recover that three-point shooting form. So next, let's talk about his mobility. We'll stick with LeBron. His ankle injury hindered how well he was able to move. And this hurt him on ball. This took away some of the juice from his perimeter isolations, from his ball screen game. He became more of a post player. And he's good at that. But you want to have all of your pitches available to you and then pick the one that makes the most sense in the situation, given who's guarding you, what the tactics of the other team are, what's working for the offense. You want to have everything available, and if his three-point shot's not there, and his, he doesn't have the juice to like beat guys on the perimeter, that's a limited version of LeBron, and that's what hurt the Lakers when they got to the Western Conference Finals. Having that pre-ankle injury mobility back, that first step, is important. Very important for him. I think he is such a smart guy and he's able to adapt his game that he'll still be effective without it, but I don't see him as being effective enough to be the second best offensive piece or the best offensive piece as he was last regular season on a title contending team, a true title contending team. And that is why I'd say this is very important. I'd say my degree of confidence is, I'll put it at medium, because I think he will be better they're certainly giving the ankle time to recover and attention and, and all that. I believe he had surgery, right? It needs to be better. I think it will be better. I don't know that it'll be all the way to where it was because he is getting older as well. And injury you know, recovery is tough. Injury recovery as an older guy is tougher. I say it's better. I don't feel super confident that he's going to be you know exactly what he was last year. But I feel pretty good. And you know what? Let me I'll stick this to high because I, I am I am confident it's better. It's just not that it's gonna reach that ceiling. So I feel good about this. Another reason I feel good about this is because this season's team, the roster, is built in a way that will allow for him to take his time a little bit more or manage his minutes a little bit better. And this isn't a team that like if he's playing 35 and 30 instead of 37 minutes or 33 instead of 35 minutes. Ellie's going to lose a bunch of games he may you know this is a team that is not just 80 lebron and a bunch of minimum guys you've got talented players you've retained talented vets you've added talented vets you've got young guys ready to take a jump you are in a good position for this team to stay afloat and be competitive and be really good in the west even if anthony davis or lebron miss a game miss a couple games probably miss more than a couple games we'll get to that here in a second but also their minute load per game doesn't need to be as, as bad. So I say all of that to say he can truly try to be 100% for the playoffs and you know run the things in the regular season in order to get to that goal while still being a high seed. And so I think that that sets things up very well for him. For the next one, we're going to move to the team level and talk about Darvin Ham diversifying the defensive pick and roll coverages. This was a team with LA that last season was running a couple types of drop and they switched a bit. They were not hard hedging. They were not soft hedging. They weren't trapping much. They could have switched a little bit better and in, in with, with more positions. This was, I believe, the defensive positional versatility, if I'm rem- remembering correctly, 28th in the NBA and their di- reliance on drop coverage really, really high. So diversifying that is important. It allows you to be better set up to defend certain types of offenses, I think being able to hedge a bit better would have been helpful against Denver in the playoffs, for example. And I am very confident. I'm going to right away stick this very high. My my degree of confidence is very high that Darvin Ham diversifies his pick and roll defense. Looking at what Miami did the two seasons prior to him leaving, they went from super drop heavy to actually being really mobile from a coverage standpoint. And that's good to see. That gave me some hope with him coming in the door then when he came to L.A., we didn't quite see that materialize. But I think part of that was, I think it's multifaceted. The big men need to be mobile, either from a we can hedge or we can switch standpoint. And then you also need the guys behind the big men, the other four players, to be able to be mobile and smart enough and crisp with their rotations so that putting two defenders on the ball and playing 4v3 off ball... or what would it yeah, you're, you're, you're down 4v3 to the offense. Y- you need to be able to recover and negate the advantage. And that was something the bubble team, the title team, did really well. That's something last season's team did not do well. And when you replace guys from a rotational ability standpoint, like a Russell Westbrook, a Lonnie Walker, a Dennis Schroeder, guys that have strengths on defense, that was a weak area for those sorts of players. And you replace them with guys like Prince, Prince, getting a full season of Delo and vando adding Jackson Hayes adding Gabe Vincent getting max Christie in the rotation getting a full season of Rui and he, he's gotten he got better at that rotational piece later in the year that helps being mobile is more it, it's about more than just your bigs oh but by the way Jackson Hayes super versatile big pretty solid rotate you know mobile coverage big last season so he can hedge he can switch Colin Castleton if you need to stick him in the game he could do some of that as well but he can also play drop. AD, we've seen he can be a superstar drop. He can be a superstar switching and hedging. So they've got the bigs for it. They've got the players behind the bigs for it. And they're also just more switchable in general. Reddish, Hayes, Vincent, Vando, Christie, Rui, Prince. All guys that are new to the team, new to the rotation, or you know, new for a full season. And that's all very helpful to me. And I'd be, I may even be missing a guy or two. But L.A. is much better set up this year. If they want to drop, they can. Now, there are a couple guys that might be defending at the point of attack a little bit or or on ball at least in Gabe Vincent and Jared Vanderbilt who are weaker ball screen navigators. But they're pretty switchable guys. So I think in terms of the strengths of the roster as well as some of the weaknesses, being more mobile should play into their plan and, and better optimizes the team. And I have to imagine the coaching staff sees this. The next one, going back to LeBron, and we'll we'll loop AD in here as well. Both LeBron and AD play 65 or more games this upcoming season. And they're, you know, have good conditioning. They're getting back in transition defense. They're a big part of that transition defense, by the way. And then ideally here, getting to the postseason healthy. Let's take a look. How confident should we be in this? I think context is always helpful. Let's uh, look at the values and pull that up. Yikes. Last season 56 and 55. The year prior 40 and 56. 36 and 45. 62 and 67. 56 55. We have to go into we have to go all the way back to 2017 2018 to see 75 games from AD and 82 games from LeBron. He wasn't he wasn't a Laker at that point. AD was a Pelican at that point. It, we've got to go back quite a bit for these two guys to reach this bar. I mentioned this bar because it was mentioned on, I think it was in the Discord, it was a suggestion, and I think it's a bar that's often talked about, but I do not have a high degree of confidence that we're going to see this, so I'm going to stick this in the low category, and as I mentioned earlier, it may not kill you, because you do have a strong enough team to be able to still go out there and win games even without each of your superstars out there. Now, you want them out there, but I think you can still be a competitive team, still be a high-seeded team, and not get 65 or more games from each of these players. And I think that's that's key, and that's the difference from last year. So thus far, we have very high degree of confidence in diversified pick-and-roll defense. We've got a high degree of confidence in LeBron's pre-injury mobility returning and LeBron's three-point shooting returning, and then a low degree of confidence in both AD and LeBron each of them playing 65 or more games this upcoming season. I'm gonna take a quick sip of water and then we'll be uh, heading into the the next one.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
2: So let's next turn our attention to Rui Hachimura. A player that, coming to the Lakers, some people had really high hopes. Others were like, he wasn't very good for Washington this year. Uh, he wasn't all that good for Washington last year. He, in the regular season for LA, was okay. I wouldn't say he made any tremendous leaps defensively. Offensively, he was a guy that a lot of people, those people who were I think had high hopes for him were like, why isn't he being used more? He was like an off-ball spot-up guy. He shot okay from three. It was not very good. And then we got to the playoffs, and all of a sudden, he hit almost everything. He shot like, what, 48% from three? Or something absolutely absurd. And, you know, that all counts. Winning those games counts. The way it made us feel counts. But how how do we feel about like that translating to this upcoming year that's how much does that small sample matter and i think if you include that small sample with the larger one he's still up to like 35 36% from 3 on high quality that's not great but it's okay and i guess really here the the, the question is or the prompt is rui is somewhere between regular season and playoffs rui we'll say a, i'm going to set the bar at a b grade LeBron value or luck adjusted player estimate box with a box prior regularized on off our off our overall impact metric we're going to say can he get to a B in the regular season he was at an F in the playoffs he was at an A and I think a lot of his offensive impact will come down to his three-point shooting which mirrors that impact going from quite poor to really 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 good He's going to be in between those two. Can he get to a B, though? Uh, maybe. I think we saw growth from him defensively with his rebounding tendencies, his rotational tendencies, more so the rebounding than the rotations, but he's a decent secondary and protector. And if he's boxing out, using his size, and. Like, is okay rotationally. Like, that should be valuable. We know he's not the best on ball guy, but he's got some size. He's got some length. He's a hard guy to move. There are matchups where he makes sense on ball. Defensively, he should be okay. Offensively, he's going to have a somewhat limited role just because he's most likely going to be an off ball guy, not running a lot of ball screens, not really an ISO player. This is a spot up guy that. You can occasionally run offense through as a post guy if you've got a mismatch. But other than that, he is someone that needs to be fed. Or, as we saw last year, his ability to create his own shot off of a spot up, even you know more than a catch and shoot three, but catch, if you're closing out hard and I don't have the three, I'm going to take one dribble, two dribbles in, and then pull up. That second level scoring, it's good. It's not elite, it's good. And it's a nice thing to have late clock. And it was just a big boost compared to some other guys that give them the ball late clock. They've got nothing going on. So LA has him and, and several others on this team that are really strong with that this year. That's good. And that's real. Just how effective he was last regular season may not quite be as real. If we look at at the the numbers, he like almost never missed. He was like the most effective player in the league late clock. And he's not quite... I don't think we should expect him to be quite that good this year. I still think he'll be good. I'm... I'm... Rui B-grade LeBron play, I'm going to say medium. I wouldn't be surprised if he's at like a C or a C plus, Because it, for, you know, several seasons, he was there or lower. We just, we're seeing him come off of like the best he can give you. I don't, I, I don't, I, I'm not trying to pump the brakes too much. But I also don't think what we just saw is most indicative as to what we will see. So I think he's going to be good. I think he's got a medium chance of reaching that level. I don't think he's going to be an F or a D, but I think like CB range somewhere in there is, is what we're going to see from him. The next one here, turning our attention to defense specifically, is Torian Prince being an average or better defender for his role. Those last three words matter. If we look at his defensive impact... Again, I'll I'll use our leaderboards tool here. Let's look at D LeBron. We'll pull up Prince. We'll look at season grades. Last three seasons, D, D plus, D plus. Not great. If we look at his D LeBron versus his role average, we've got a D plus, a B plus, and a C plus. And if we go back, you know, looking at four seasons, a B, a D plus, a B plus, and a C plus. So three of the past four years, for his role, he's been an average or better defender. Some roles matter more than others. It is just like on offense. If you are like a shot creator, a guy who's on ball, making things happen for yourself and others, that matters more than an off ball guy who only gets their offense when they're fed by others. Just it it just does. Now, you're going to, f- or it has more opportunity. There's more magnitude to the impact. Now, if you're really bad and you're in a high impact role, high magnitude role, you can have a really low impact. But like there's a low ceiling for some offensive roles and defensive roles as well. Like a chaser, an off ball guard, like a guard defender that's not a point of attack defender, you know, you're not going to be as impactful. You don't change the game play by play the same way that a good point of attack defender does. An anchor big, super, super valuable. Wingstopper is very valuable. When so many teams playing drop coverage and with the fact that like if you are one of these elite anchor bigs, you're able to contest. like The percentage of defensive possessions that you directly impact is so much higher as an anchor big than it is for so many other roles. For Chaser, it's, it's not all that high. Not all that many teams are even running a bunch of off-screen stuff. So his overall impact I think could very well be below a C. But I think his... Impact relative to his role has a pretty good chance of being average. And so for that reason, I am going to put Prince's defense being at an average or better level, medium confidence. I think he's getting older. We'll see what he's able to do, but I feel decent about it. Moving to our next one. And I think this is one that we have to talk about, but I I know I have talked about it a couple times in the past. Jared Vanderbilt getting to a level of proficiency as an off-ball catch and shoot, perhaps only corner 3-point shooting guy. Like even like Dennis level of off-ball gravity would be a, a fairly large jump for him. I I looked at this a couple of pods ago. I know at this point it was probably 2-3 weeks ago what sort of jump he would need to have in order to be able to like get to... Uh, I forget exactly how we set the bar, but get to a decent level from a three-point shooting standpoint. And he would need an unusual amount of growth. And this is for a guy who has been adding to his three-point shooting. His three-point shooting talent has gone up and up and up, but it's still low. And so I don't doubt that he can get better if he can get to, like, proficient, catch and shoot, three-point, shoot, like, do you trust him? Do we trust him, though? And that's where, you know, that's that's a tough question. Do you trust somebody to do this? And what have we seen since, like, the only additional information that we have since him, like, not being able to shoot a damn three in the playoffs other than two games out of, what did he play, like, 15, 18? is videos of him shooting. And I mean, uh, you know, we see a lot of workout videos. It's hard to find a workout video that comes out that doesn't make a player look good. Right? Like who's making, these guys aren't showing up to LA fitness and there's a bunch of people with their cameras able to take pictures of them the way that they might for, what was it? Anthony Simons going to a subway the other day. If in a closed gym where it's a player his trainer and a couple dudes to help like the video gets out. It's because the video looks good and there's a high degree of likelihood that the video is even going to be edited. So it's only highlights. We saw a Jared Vanderbilt shooting video come out where he was making some threes. His form did not look all that improved. And I will, I know a little bit about form. I will not claim to be an expert. I was asking some folks on Twitter and DMing some folks and, the reviews were mostly negative. There were a couple people that were like, oh, it looks great. I don't I don't know that you know what you're talking about. I don't know that I know what I'm talking about, but the people I do trust with this did not have glaring reviews of it. A lot of people said it looks the same or looked a little bit worse from from a like responses standpoint on Twitter. Ugh. Trusting him. That's a high bar. I'm going to say low. Let's move to D-Low and his three-point shooting. D'Angelo Russell... And his ability to actually, before we get there, let, let's talk about the importance of Vando's shooting. With Utah, Vando was a roll and cut big. With the Lakers, Vando was more of an athletic finisher, some you know stationary shooter type duties. He was standing at the three point line so much more frequently, and his level of gravity was very low. And we saw towards the end of the season, more and more teams realized they could leave him alone and go disrupt other things in the of the offense. And it's not the type of thing that like requires playoff level preparation and nuance coverage wise to see if a defense wants to run you know we're gonna play drop against these two guys and then hard hedge against this guy and switch this guy's ball screens that's that's playoff defense leave the bad shooter alone if you're his man is that's not hard that doesn't take a whole lot and we saw more and more teams do that in the regular season and we saw since vando joined the lakers his offensive impact be among the worst in the NBA, and it got very, very low. Uh, It went from an F overall with L.A. to being like bottom five, I think it was, like a minus three points per 100 possessions uh, over the final couple weeks of the regular season. And then in the playoffs, it was poor as well. So you need to be able to have some, some gravity in order to get that up, or we need to change his role and stick him around the rim more, which is problematic if you also have Anthony Davis out there or another big man you want rolling or a non-shooter like he is you need to build very specific lineups around Vando where he makes sense as the role man where like in theory you could have like Wood and LeBron as your front court with him and maybe Rui's also out there potentially maybe not maybe it's Prince and Vincent or it's D'Lo and Reeves Vando like having a lineup that makes sense on both ends of the court with him is a bit trickier than we'd like it to be when we you know look more nuanced at what his skill sets are his strengths and his weaknesses that's why this shooting matters and that's why my low degree of confidence here and i think your degree of confidence here with him in this may impact how you how optimistically you view this upcoming season for him but let's move to delo D'Angelo Russell's the, the statement here will be D'Lo's pull-up three point shooting recovers to his norm. What is his norm? His three point, his pull-up three point shooting percentage from a season grade standpoint in our database B, B, C, B, 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 C plus B. Let's say B, right? We'll say B is his norm. His pull up three point shot making, again, his difficulty adjusted shooting. A, A minus, B minus, A, A plus, A, A minus, A plus. We'll say, you know, A minus to A range. Last season, he was in A plus, just not with the Lakers. His time with the Lakers was limited, and it was very poor here, and it was very out of his norm. He's been really good with this in the past, and it's translated to ball screen game. And when is able to have that pull up three hitting, which is most of the time, except for (laughs) in that Laker jersey last year, um, And it's not only the Lakers jersey, because in this sample that I just called out, there were several Lakers seasons where he was pretty good at this. We know this. So, small sample size worked against him. Give him a full 82 games in the playoffs. I have a very high degree of confidence that we're going to see D'Lo look more like D'Lo. And if you're asking me to pick a guy that might see the biggest jump from what Lakers fans saw last season to this upcoming year, it might be D'Lo looking more like himself. Because that guy that can pull to to him in a ball screen, drill those shots if you don't, and then find guys off of it is really important. And in a regular season environment, that's going to kill. And in the playoffs, it's going to be pretty solid as well. He shot so poorly as a Laker and so poorly in the playoffs in a way that was abnormal for him in the playoffs and just in general. So I have a high degree of confidence he gets that back. Next one, we'll go back to Vando, is that Vando improves his screen navigation to be about average among point-of-attack defenders and wing stoppers. Now, among all players, his screen navigation is decent. Just like among all players, you know, you're going to find most big men towards the top in rim protection metrics. When we compare him to those peers in those roles where this matters, those on-ball defensive roles, he graded out really, really poorly. And... We need this to improve if you want him to be a point of attack defender or wing stopper. That is good and a positive, a very high impact defender as people think he is. The reality has not been there for him. This will be a key thing that helps the the idea of him reach reality. Or you know, LA runs more of a switchy scheme, and then then it's fine that he's good on ball, and then. You know He'll switch off when you, when you run a screen up. But if he can be really, really good elite on-ball stopper and then you just run a ball screen and he's out of the play, that's problematic. We saw this happen in the playoffs. We saw this happen in really every round of the playoffs in that Steph Curry, you know, Golden State round. First game when he was just trying to play ball denial, he's really good at that. And one-on-one defense, really solid with that. And with AD playing high drop, you know, he, we were able to mitigate his... Poor screen navigation, but you also started to see it when you look at the film. It's like, oh shoot, we got away with one there, 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 and there. Moving forward, when Golden State started running some, you know, denial beaters with their off-screen game and then started leaning more on pick and rolls, we saw him get blasted and L.A. reduce his minutes and get him off that matchup. We saw this in other rounds as well. We saw this even, I know people pointed out like the Mavs game against Luka in the regular season. I went back and looked at that, and in that game, we saw the same sort of thing. Really good on ball defense. Struggled more with the pick and rolls to the point that LA started putting other guys on him. They started trapping and hard hedging and they, they tried everything. Because just sticking him on Luca and saying, We're good is not not the reality. They were double teaming isolations, even with Mando on him. So He's good, and there are things he's good at, but we have to understand where at a more nuanced level he's good and where he struggles a bit and how that impacts things. Now, we would need 93rd percentile single-year growth among players his age for him to get to average. It's not impossible. It's not quite outlier, but it's really, really high-end. And so for that reason, I'm still going to stick this as low. I'll have it the highest of these low ones. Um I think I'll I'll try to keep them in order within each of the tiers and I'll read these again off at the end, but I'll say that's low just because if we do see it, I really do want to appreciate it for what it is, which would be like really damn good. This is not something that we see players generally make big jumps with. That's because we measure the stat well. It measures the skill set and the skill sets translate changing teams, changing roles. This is something that, you know, we, we see one and a half, two percentile point growth on average per year. Most players are, are, you know, within four or five percentile points. He would need a lot. Let's talk about his finishing. This will be the last Vando one. His finishing. So this is one that someone recommended, I believe, on Twitter. Vando improves his finishing to being average around the rim. How well has he scored at the rim? Needs to be the first question. We're gonna go to rim shot making. We'll just look at season grades. We're not going to compare him to rolling Cup bigs because, I don't know, that that's a bit unfair, I'd say. When we look at it, C, C, B minus, F, D plus. His, his, well, hang on a minute. These first two seasons have like 100 total minutes. So let's actually look at the, the, the three seasons he actually really played anything. B minus, F, D plus. So he's done it. He's not all that. A D plus to a C is not, you know, a gigantic jump. I know his field goal percentage is probably gonna be decent because his his shot quality at the rim is gonna be stupid, stupid high. But his rim shot making, I guess, will be what we we try to say here. Can that get to a C level? We'll give him C minus. And I think of all the things here for him, I say I have the most confidence in that finishing, getting back to up to a good level. This is something that we do tend to see growth with. He'll be in his age twenty five season. Like that is at a range where I would expect some growth. This is something we were just modeling out for some consulting work with, uh, I, I shouldn't say more, but this is an area that players will grow. And I expect growth here. So that will be useful. And, and I'll, I'll have him at medium here. This plays into like, hey, if the three-point shooting doesn't pan out, he's got to be around the rim more and he's got to be able to finish a little bit better at the rim. You got to be a, a decent enough player dump off guy, cut guy, put back guy. And he struggled with those last year. I see a question in the chat. Would playing more hedge help him be more impactful despite his screen navigation that should give him more bandwidth to recover and spread the load out to the rest of the defense a bit? Yes, that would and switching would. So I see either of the, well, I, I think just in general, based on my very high degree of confidence in diversified pick and roll defense, the defensive scheme will better fit Jared Vanderbilt this year. It will, unless they really do something I'm surprised by. So that is something I have a high degree of confidence in and expect him to be able to do. Hang on, I'm, I'm hearing that my uh, my audio is a little shaky. That's not good. Let me uh, see if I can. Uh, hmm. I'll push through. This will be up as a pod later as well. Not sure there's anything else I could do about that at the moment. We've got only got four left here. The next one will be Austin Reeves taking a jump as a playmaker. And this is something where, you know, he's been he's been a pretty good ball mover. He's been a decent secondary playmaker. Can he be like a legit secondary playmaker on this team? And that'll be important because Gabe Vincent is not the best from a playmaking standpoint compared to his peers as a guard, as a point guard, especially. And so there will be opportunity for Austin Reeves to do this. He and D'Lo are going to have to carry a heavy load. How much LeBron is able to play as a guard instead of a big man offensively will dictate the the degree of load as well. But we saw him be an incredibly effective pick-and-roll player last year, and he was the season prior. I remember, preseason I had a video out saying Austin Reeves needs to be more of a playmaker and more of a pick-and-roll guy because he's good at it and he was good at it last year. Looking at those peripheral metrics – And the effectiveness, not just the volume and the total points, but when he was asked to do it, how did he do? The film and the data said he was very good at those things. The film and the data says he was very good at those things this season. When we look at his peripheral playmaking metrics at B-Ball Index last season compared to rotation guards and wings, he had a B-grade or higher in every peripheral playmaking stat. His passing versatility, his passing creation quality were both A-minuses. We just have to get that volume up. So... Having more of an opportunity, he should scale up, and he should be good, and high-caliber pick-and-roll play makes this feasible. So I see that working out really well. I have a high degree of confidence that he will be able to get this done. We'll move on to the next one. Uh, Quick one here. The team realizes they need to box out. (laughs) I I don't know. I'll say low? I'll say high among the low ones. Like... They should have realized that last year, Um, but I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens there. They would be better. I'm hoping they watch the finals and we're like, oh wow, look at Miami. Everybody boxes out and it helps a lot, even when they're not. You know, they don't have the most size out there. We they played the same, you know, big team that we played, but there were moments. And I'm not trying to say, oh, well, Miami did better than the Lakers against Denver because both teams got, you know, didn't fare well. And the LA series was even though the games weren't closer, the total score was closer than the Miami series there were moments, there were plenty of moments, where the Miami defense, because of their boxing out, was able to elevate what they would have been able to do otherwise. And LA needs to see that and replicate that. Especially if they want to be a switching team. All right, we got two left. The next one, Max Christie makes a second-year jump to be an average impact player off the bench and work into that form by the end of the season. I think the last piece of this is important. Last season, his overall impact was a minus two and a half, his his LeBron value. That's very bad. He was a negative impact player. When he played, the Lakers were worse. He showed flashes. There were things he was good at. There were things he was not so good at. Defensively, there was plenty he he needed to improve. His screen navigation, his defensive playmaking, his rotating, his box-out tendencies. He got some rebounds. He was not winning contested rebounds. There, There was a lot on defense he needs to do better. And then on offense, he had a low usage role, a low stake's roll and he, he was a good three-point shooter. He needs to show some more and I think he's ready to show some more. That summer league play has me feeling hopeful. He's ready for a jump. I'm ready for a second-year jump from him. The thing is, if he wants to get to a a LeBron value of 0.000, he would need 92nd percentile second a 92nd percentile jump among second-year jumps for guys with 500 minutes or more in both seasons to get to that average value, 97th percentile among shooting guards. So over a full season, I don't know that he's going to end the year. I would I would bet that he ends this upcoming year below a zero value for our LeBron metric. However, my point here is that by the end of the season, he will in, be in that form. So maybe he starts the year off and is still adjusting, and by midseason he's looking better, and by late season he's looking even better, and getting ready to approach the playoffs, he's an average NBA player, LeBron impact, and and that doesn't mean bad. Like That's still good. It's good to be an average player as a bench guy, especially as a second-year guy. Being able to, understanding his offensive role is not going to be the highest, but you still need him to play well, and he's still an important piece on this team given what the rotation looks like. I am moderately confident. I'm going to have this in the medium spot, and I'll stick it probably the lowest among the mediums that he is able to get to, by the end of the season, eh, I'll stick him ahead. Eh, maybe I'll reshuffle a little bit here at the end. But for right now, I'll stick him there. Medium confidence that by the end of the season, his form approaching the playoffs will have worked its way up to being average. Now, aggregate on the year, I think it'll be below average. But he'll be working his way up. It's not like you play the same way every game all, all season. And we can we can capture that with the LeBron data. Last one here. This was, I liked this one. This was a good, good idea. From the, I mean, prominent Discord member, but posted on Twitter, from two weeks with Pay. he says, Jackson Hayes, well, I'm paraphrasing here, but Jackson Hayes, between Jackson Hayes, Colin Castleton, or whoever the free agent big is that LA acquires, if not Christian Wood. So I think if it's Christian, Woodard, this would be a little bit different. But if it's like say between Hayes, Castleton, and like Biombo or Gabriel or Thompson or whoever it is, the Lakers get seven points, seven rebounds, and one block per game in the in their about sixteen minutes of, of minutes per game uh, of play. He pulls out seven points, seven rebounds, one block. That's what Dwight averaged the title year. So seven points, seven rebounds, one block in about sixteen minutes. Castleton, I think we're I think we'll look more at Hayes and then like if it's like Biombo maybe him, but let's look at Hayes for right now. With Hayes, if we look at his career data, his his four seasons and make it per sixteen minutes, let's see what that looks like. So seven, seven and a half, seven and a half, six point one points per sixteen minutes. That would you know looks pretty good. He's generally above that seven points we're looking for. From a rebound standpoint, we're looking for seven rebounds. He's at 3.8, 4.3, 3.6, 3.5. So he's about halfway there. That's not good. And then from a block standpoint, 0.8, 0.6, 0.6, 0.5. Trending down in about half of what we'd want. So not so good. So you're about halfway there for rebounds and blocks. Should be there for points. If it's Biambo, I think you're in a better shape with blocks. I think you're better shape with rebounds. The points, probably comparable. Maybe probably a little lower. Honestly, I think... Hayes gives you more as a role, man. But I'm not sure that you're going to get one guy that can give you all of that. And the thing is, unless you're playing some AD at the four and these guys get more minutes, I I mean, I think that's kind of baked into what he gave us here because that's, what, 32 minutes left per game of center time. So it may even be less than 16. And Dwight, that title year, he did play alongside AD at centers a bit. And I know this is something the Lakers talked about with Hayes. So yeah, we'll, we'll say 16 minutes. I'll say medium, but I'm going to be lower on the medium scale. So this is what we've ended up with. Very high degree of confidence in diversified pick and roll defense and D'Lo's pull-up revival. High degree of confidence in LeBron's three-point recovery, Austin Reeves' playmaking jump, and LeBron regaining his pre-ankle injury mobility. We have a medium degree of confidence in Torian Prince's Defense being above average, average or above average for his grade. I'm sorry, for his role. Uh, Rui reaching B grade impact. Vando having a finishing jump. Christie with a year two jump up to being average by the end of the year. And then Dwight-ish backup center production. And then we have a low degree of confidence in the team boxing out well. Hopefully above average. Uh, Vando screen navigation jumping. 80 and LeBron, you know what? I'm going to stick that one into very low. I just, I don't think that's going to happen. So low, we have team boxing out well, Vando screen navigation jump, and then Vando corner three trust. And then very low, 80 and LeBron, 65 games each played in the season or more. So that's what I've got. Two very high, three high, five medium, three low, one very low. So it's actually almost perfectly symmetrical about as much as you could get. Those are, that's my degree of confidence in these 14 areas if this is how it plays out, are the Lakers a true title team? If they're running diversified pick-and-roll defense. If D'Lo and LeBron are able to shoot like we know they can shoot. If LeBron can move like we know he can move. If Reeves' playmaking jump is there. And then let's say maybe we get like half of these. Let's say Christie takes a jump and Rui gives us big play, but Prince's defense is an average. Vando doesn't jump with finishing. And then the center, the backup center you know, position you're not getting much production from. Let's say maybe we get one of these three. Maybe we get Vando, screen navigation takes a jump, but not the others. And then AD and LeBron don't each play 65 or more games. Now, maybe one of them does, but not both. I'd say, even though we're, again, just about perfectly symmetrical here, this isn't super you know skewing super high, I'd feel pretty good. I would feel like this is a team that can certainly compete. I would not say this is a title favorite. I would say that, you know, going into the playoffs, if I had to pick who's going to win the title, I probably wouldn't pick the Lakers. But I think this is a team that's that's just about right there. And maybe a move away, a impactful free agent signing away, maybe. Um, with, with these last roster spots, we'll see. But I think that's a damn good team. And I think that's a better team than we were last year. And I think that truly does bring you up to title contention. So that's a good Laker team. We'll see how these end up playing out, but but that's what I've got for you today. Thank you for joining me. We'll continue the conversation. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Let me know on Twitter. Let me know in the Discord. Join that Discord if you're not in there already to get in. It's, it's free. You don't have to pay. Now, you can pay. We'll take your money, but you don't need to pay. You can get in for free by DMing me, Tom, or the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast Twitter account. A five-star review of the pod. We'll get you in there. You can chat it up with the folks. Talk basketball. Talk trades. Talk free agents. Talk this upcoming season, trash talk, talk soccer, talk, talk, you know, football and football. We've got all sorts of conversations going on in there. You can also join various tiers with, with extra content. We had a bonus pod come out. What? Yes. No. Two days ago, we have 23 hours of recorded X's and O's content. If you're interested in upping your scheme game, we've got other secret channels you can get to. We've got some cool stuff at the arena sponsorship level as well. And I want to shout out those folks, Court Prowess Court and TJ Timotage in that arena sponsors, sponsorship tier. Thank you very much. Zach Harris, QDadio, iPod Shuffle, Miguel, T. Shaddleworth, Omar, Roy, Rahman, Kenil Mason, Doppel, and Romario. Thank you for living the high life with us in the owner's box. Shout out to our Courtside and Lower World crews as well. Thank you everyone here for joining me today, especially thank you folks who are with me live Thank you for your patience as I screwed up the audio here in the beginning and you just watched my screen move around there for a couple minutes. If you uh, missed the beginning, check check out the pod. This will be up in the pod soon. We will see you next time. Have a great weekend, everyone. Have a wonderful Friday and a great weekend. Thanks. Goodbye.